0: section 2 of optics this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by abayi in november 2011 optics by isaac newton book 1 part 1 axioms axiom 1 The angles of reflection and refraction lie in one and the same plane with the angle of incidence. Axiom 2. The angle of reflection is equal to the angle of incidence. Axiom 3. If the refracted ray be returned directly back to the point of incidence, it shall be refracted into the line before described by the incident ray. Axiom 4 Refraction out of the rarer medium into the denser is made towards the perpendicular, that is, so that the angle of refraction be less than the angle of incidence. Axiom 5 The sine of incidence is either accurately or very nearly in a given ratio to the sine of refraction. Whence if that proportion be known in any one inclination of the incident ray, tis known in all the inclinations, and thereby the refraction in all cases of incidence on the same refracting body may be determined. Thus, if the refraction be made out of air into water, the sign of incidence of the red light is to the sign of its refraction as 4 to 3 if out of air into glass, the signs are as 17 to 11. In light of other colours, the signs have other proportions, but the difference is so little that it need seldom be considered. Suppose, therefore, that Rs, in figure 1, represents the surface of stagnating water, and that C is the point of incidence in which any ray coming in the air from A in the line AC is reflected or refracted, and I would know whether this ray shall go after reflection or refraction. I erect upon the surface of the water from the point of incidence the perpendicular Cp and produce it downwards to Q, and conclude by the first axiom that the ray after reflection and refraction shall be found somewhere in the plane of the angle of incidence ACP produced. I let fall therefore upon the perpendicular CP, the sine of incidence AD, and if the reflected ray be desired, I produce AD to B, so that DB be equal to AD, and draw CB. For this line CB shall be the reflected ray, the angle of reflection BCP and its sine BD being equal to the angle and sine of incidence, as they ought to be by the second axiom. But if the refracted ray be desired, I produce AD to H so that DH may be to AD as the sine of refraction to the sine of incidence, that is, if the light be red, as three to four, and about the center C and in the plane ACP with the radius CA describing a circle ABE, I draw a parallel to the perpendicular CPQ, the line HE cutting the circumference in E and joining CE. This line CE shall be the line of the refracted ray. For if EF be let fall perpendicularly on the line PQ, this line EF shall be the sine of refraction of the ray CE, the angle of refraction being ECQ, and this sine EF is equal to dH, and consequently in proportion to the sine of incidence AD, as three to four. In like manner, if there be a prism of glass, that is, a glass bounded with two equal and parallel triangular ends and three plain and well-polished sides, which meet in three parallel lines running from the three angles of one end to the three angles of the other end, and if the refraction of the light in passing across this prism be desired, let ACB in Figure Two. Represent a plane cutting this prism transversely to its three parallel lines or edges, there where the light passeth through it, and let De be the ray incident upon the first side of the prism AC, where the light goes into the glass, and by putting the proportion of the sine of incidence to the sine of refraction as seventeen to eleven, find Ef the first refracted ray then taking this ray for the incident ray upon the second side of the glass bc where the light goes out find the next refracted ray fg by putting the proportion of the sine of incidence to the sine of refraction as 17 to 11 for if the sine of incidence out of air into glass be to the sine of refraction as 17 to 11 the sign of incidence out of glass into air must on the contrary be to the sign of refraction as 11-17, to by the third axiom. Much after the same manner, if ACBD in figure 3 represent a glass spherically convex on both sides, usually called a lens, such as is a burning glass or spectacle glass, or an object glass of a telescope, and it be required to know how light falling upon it from any lucid point capital Q shall be refracted, let capital QM represent a ray falling upon any point M of its first spherical surface ACB, and by erecting a perpendicular to the glass at the point M, find the first refracted ray MN by the proportion of the signs 17 to 11. Let that ray in going out of the glass be incident upon N, and then find the second refracted ray N lower Q by the proportion of the signs 11 to 17 and after the same manner may the refraction be found when the lens is convex on one side and plane or concave on the other, or concave on both sides. Axiom 6. Homogeneal rays which flow from several points of any object and fall perpendicularly or almost perpendicularly on any reflecting or refracting plane or spherical surface shall afterwards diverge from so many other points, or be parallel to so many other lines, or converge to so many other points, either accurately or without any sensible error. And the same thing will happen if the rays be reflected or refracted successively by two or three or more plane or spherical surfaces. The point from which rays diverge, or to which they converge, may be called their focus. And the focus of the incident rays being given, that of the reflected or refracted ones, may be found by finding the refraction of any two rays, as above, or more readily thus. Case 1 Let ACB, in figure 4, be a reflecting or refracting plane and capital q the focus of the incident rays and capital q lower q c a perpendicular to that plane and if this perpendicular be produced to lower q so that lower qc be equal to capital qc the point lower q shall be the focus of the reflected rays or if lower qc be taken on the same side of the plane with capital qc and in proportion to capital QC as the sign of incidence to the sine of refraction, the point lower Q shall be the focus of the refracted rays. Case 2. Let ACB in figure 5 be the reflecting surface of any sphere whose centre is E. Bisect any radius thereof, suppose EC, in T, and if in that radius on the same side the point t you take the points capital q and lower q so that t capital q t e and t lower q be continual proportionals and the point capital q be the focus of the incident rays the point lower q shall be the focus of the reflected ones case 3 let ACB in figure 6 be the refracting surface of any sphere whose center is E. In any radius thereof EC produced both ways take E capital T and C lower T equal to one another and severally in such proportion to that radius as the lesser of the signs of incidence and refraction hath to the difference of those signs. And then, if in the same line you find any two points capital Q and lower Q, so that capital T capital Q be to E capital T as E lower T to lower T lower Q, taking lower T lower Q the contrary way from lower T, which capital T capital Q lieth from capital T. And if the point capital Q be the focus of any incident rays, the point lower Q shall be the focus of the refracted ones. And by the same means the focus of the rays after two or more reflections or refractions may be found. Case 4. Let ACBD in figure 7 be any refracting lens, spherically convex or concave or plane on either side and let cd be its axis that is the line which cuts both its surfaces perpendicularly and passes through the centers of the spheres and in this axis produced let capital f and lower f be the foci of the refracted rays found as above when the incident rays on both sides the lens are parallel to the same axis and upon the diameter capital F lower f bisected in E describe a circle suppose now that any point capital Q be the focus of any incident rays draw capital Q capital E cutting the said circle in capital T and lower t and therein take lower t lower q in such proportion to lower t e as lower t e or capital t e hath to capital t capital q. Let lower t lower q lie the contrary way from lower t which capital t capital q doth from capital t, and lower q shall be the focus of the refracted rays without any sensible error provided the point capital q be not so remote from the axis nor the lens so broad as to make any of the rays fall too obliquely on the refracting surfaces and by the like operations may the reflecting or refracting surfaces be found when the two foci are given and thereby a lens be formed which shall make the rays flow towards or from what place you please so then the meaning of this axiom is that if rays fall upon any plane or spherical surface or lens and before their incidence flow from or towards any point capital q they shall after reflection or refraction flow from or towards the point lower Q found by the foregoing rules. And if the incident rays flow from or towards several points Q, the reflected or refracted rays shall flow from or towards so many other points lower Q found by the same rules. Whether the reflected and refracted rays flow from or towards the point lower Q is easily known by the situation of that point. For if that point be on the same side of the reflecting or refracting surface or lens with the point capital Q and the incident rays flow from the point capital Q, the reflected flow towards the point lower Q and the refracted from it. And if the incident rays flow towards capital Q, the reflected flow from lower Q and the refracted towards it. AND THE CONTRARY HAPPENS WHEN LOWER Q IS ON THE OTHER SIDE OF THE SURFACE. AXIOM 7 WHEREVER THE RAYS WHICH COME FROM ALL THE POINTS OF ANY OBJECT MEET AGAIN IN SO MANY POINTS AFTER THEY HAVE BEEN MADE TO CONVERGE BY REFLECTION OR REFRACTION, THERE THEY WILL MAKE A PICTURE OF THE OBJECT UPON ANY WHITE BODY ON WHICH THEY FALL. So, if capital P, capital R, in figure 3, represent any object without doors, and AB be a lens placed at a hole in the window shut of a dark chamber, whereby the rays that come from any point capital Q of that object are made to converge and meet again in the point lower Q, and if a sheet of white paper be held at lower Q for the light there to fall upon it, the picture of the object capital P capital R will appear upon the paper in its proper shape and colors. For as the light which comes from the point capital Q goes to the point lower Q, so the light which comes from other points capital P and capital R of the object will go to so many other correspondent points lower P and lower R, as is manifest by the sixth axiom, so that every point of the object shall illuminate a correspondent point of the picture, and thereby make a picture like the object in shape and colour. This only excepted that the picture shall be inverted. And this is the reason of that vulgar experiment of casting the species of objects from abroad upon a wall or sheet of white paper in a dark room. In like manner, when a man views any object PQR in figure 8, the light which comes from the several points of the object is so refracted by the transparent skins and humours of the eye, that is, by the outward coat EFG, called the tunica cornea, and by the crystalline humour AB, which is beyond the pupil MK, as to converge and meet again in so many points in the bottom of the eye, and there to paint the picture of the object upon that skin, called the tunica retina, with which the bottom of the eye is covered. For anatomists, when they have taken off from the bottom of the eye, that outward and most thick coat called the dura mater, can then see through the thinner coats the pictures of objects lively painted thereon. And these pictures, propagated by motion along the fibres of the optic nerves into the brain, are the cause of vision. For accordingly, as these pictures are perfect or imperfect, the object is seen perfectly or imperfectly. If the eye be tinged with any colour, as in the disease of the jaundice, so as to tinge the pictures in the bottom of the eye with that colour, then all objects appear tinged with the same colour if the humours of the eye by old age decay, so as by shrinking to make the cornea and coat of the crystalline humour grow flatter than before, the light will not be refracted enough, and for want of a sufficient refraction will not converge to the bottom of the eye, but to some place beyond it, and by consequence paint in the bottom of the eye a confused picture, and according to the indistinctness of this picture the object will appear confused. This is the reason of the decay of sight in old men, and shows why their sight is mended by spectacles. For those convex glasses supply the defect of plumpness in the eye, and by increasing the refraction make the rays converge sooner, so as to convene distinctly at the bottom of the eye if the glass have a due degree of convexity and the contrary happens in short-sighted men whose eyes are too plump for the refraction being now too great the rays converge and convene in the eyes before they come at the bottom and therefore the picture made in the bottom and the vision caused thereby will not be distinct unless the object be brought so near the eye as that the place where the converging rays convene may be removed to the bottom Or that the plumpness of the eye be taken off, and the refractions diminished by a concave glass of a due degree of concavity. Or lastly, that by age the eye grow flatter till it come to a due figure. For short-sighted men see remote objects best in old age, and therefore they are accounted to have the most lasting eyes. Axiom 8 an object seen by reflection or refraction appears in that place from whence the rays after their last reflection or refraction diverge in falling on the spectator's eye if the object capital a in figure nine be seen by reflection of a looking glass mn it shall appear not in its proper place capital a but behind the glass at lower a from whence any rays AB, AC, AD which flow from one and the same point of the object do, after their reflection made in the points BCD, diverge in going from the glass to EFG, where they are incident on the spectator's eyes. For these rays do make the same picture in the bottom of the eyes as if they had come from the object really placed at lower A, without the interposition of the looking-glass, and all vision is made according to the place and shape of that picture. In like manner, the object capital D in figure 2, seen through a prism, appears not in its proper place capital D but is thence translated to some other place, lower D, situated in the last reflected ray, FG, drawn backward from F to lower D. And so the object capital Q in figure 10, seen through the lens AB, appears at the place lower Q, from whence the rays diverge in passing from the lens to the eye. Now it is to be noted that the image of the object at lower Q is so much bigger or lesser than the object itself at capital Q as the distance of the image at lower Q from the lens AB is bigger or less than the distance of the object at capital Q from the same lens. And if the object be seen through two or more such convex or concave glasses, every glass shall make a new image, and the object shall appear in the place of the bigness of the last image which consideration unfolds the theory of microscopes and telescopes. For that theory consists in almost nothing else than the describing such glasses, as shall make the last image of any object as distinct and large and luminous as it can conveniently be made. I have now given in axioms and their explications the sum of what hath hitherto been treated of in optics. For what hath been generally agreed on, I content myself to assume under the notion of principles, in order to what I have farther to write. And this may suffice for an introduction to readers of quick wit and good understanding not yet versed in optics, although those who are already acquainted with this science and have handled glasses will more readily apprehend what followeth. End of section 2